What's going on, guys? Welcome to People Playing Games. I'm your host, Mike Andronico, and I'm super excited about today's guest. He is a creative director at EA Sports and is most recently the mastermind behind Madden NFL 18's all-new Longshot Story Mode. Mike Young, thanks so much for being here. How are you doing? Great. We just had a big hurricane down here, and uh, lucky we're building's up and we're uh, back at work, and so things are going good. It's good to hear, and... On a much brighter note, Madden NFL 18 is out, uh, which means that everyone is getting their hands on this long shot story mode that you've been working on for quite a while. So how's it feel to have people finally experience it? Well, it's been really cool because it started about four years ago, but I'd say my dream starting in the game industry in 1999 was to do some kind of hybrid um, like genre bending story type thing in a sports game and i'd been with nba street for seven years i did all four of those and uh, i think they were kind of more narrative um and, but then i'd been with the madden game i just shipped my 11th madden so the whole time i was with madden i really wanted to do more storytelling and we'd done some things in franchise mode and you know, kind of the game intros like in madden 15 16 17 but this is definitely a bigger, longer dream. So to have it out there and have people mostly loving it, um, I love that it's sort of polarizing, but we're finding that the people who like it really like it. So that's really cool. What's been kind of some of the negative feedback to it? Uh, well, I think it is a little different. Um, you know, going into the year, before, right when we had like trailers out, people were like, why do I want to be this Devin Wade guy? I want to be myself. And I totally get that fantasy. And I think sports games have room for both. Um, but for me, going down the path of your Devin Wade and your um, playing as this character, our number one goal of Longshot was to bring emotion to the game. And I think it's the games I've loved where you are playing as somebody. Uh, you empathize more when you're living through somebody vicariously and i so that was ultimately what made us go down that route with long shot is have it be you know the story of devin wade and colt cruz and not create yourself um and so i think that's maybe one of the harshest i don't know if it's even a criticism of long shot it's just they wanted something different right uh, and then i think the other thing is us having made it you know, a lot of people say it feels more like a telltale game inside of a sports game. Uh, for some people, they'd prefer a lot more football, like action football on the sticks. Um, but I, what I, I'm just happy that it's so different and we tried something, uh, with a different format and we're finding there's a different audience who has come in because they were, they felt like outsiders in the Madden world. They, I've heard from so many people who said I haven't bought Madden for three or four years and got too complicated for me. I still love the NFL. I love video games, but I just don't buy Madden. And they were sort of embarrassed by it. Um, but I think Longshot has welcomed in a lot more people. And we're hearing about people playing with their families, their girlfriends, uh, their kids, um, younger kids. You know, a lot of younger kids don't play Madden because it's so complicated, mm -hmm. but for a family to tell me they sat down and played the whole long shot story is really made it worthwhile. Really cool. Awesome. That, that's that got to feel great. And 
you mentioned that this has been in the works for about four years. So kind of uh, take me back to the beginning. What was what was it like uh, just kind of starting the early planning phases for Longshot and kind of, you know, deciding with the team that this was something you're going to do? Yeah, so at the time, the Madden team had three creative directors. So Rex Dixon, who had been running gameplay, a guy named Colby Launchbot who left, who was kind of doing the modes. And I would come off a year where I was running the presentation team, you know, cameras and stuff like that. And um, I had pitched a story and I'd gotten about, I'd say $30,000 of seed money from our executive producer. Um, and I'd worked with NFL films and with $30,000, we put together a little mini documentary about a guy going to the regional combine and we followed him all the way through draft day and we put together a really, um, emotional trailer, um, live action. And everyone who watched it was like, wow, this is really emotional and really cool. And even the most hardcore, you know, gameplay guys were like, yeah, this is good. I'd play this. And so that kind of started it. And my reward was I got a year to go off on my own and do research and start developing the script. And that was such a rare opportunity for me because I've basically been in iterative sports titles my entire career. So NBA street was 18 months, but Madden is a year. And so to get a year off to kind of go on this uncharted path and develop something that may or may not happen, it felt like month to month I was having to resell it and come up with something new to keep the project alive. It was really exhilarating, um, but it was sort of like being an outsider too because that was I wasn't really on Madden anymore. You know, I was just on my own thing with by myself. Um, so it, it was pretty cool, um, but it it made you hungry and it made you think of well, how do I get more people excited? So you could feel. Um, you could feel it maybe dying like, Oh my God, we need, we've got to have something to get people excited again about this. So there's a lot of little strategies to kind of keep the project alive. And the whole time I was reaching out to actors and reaching out to NFL pe- people and going on like research trips, going to regional combines, going to NFL training camps and, um, spending a lot of time interviewing people. So from a football fan standpoint, it was just an amazing year as well. Awesome. Um, yeah, it sounds like quite the journey. Now you mentioned kind of some of the, the harder moments, uh, were there any kind of major roadblocks, uh, during the creation of Longshot where it, you know, it felt like it wasn't going to come together? Um, I mean, that was constant, (laughs) but (laughs) I guess that, I guess that's game development. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, one of the things that helped get it, I'd say completely greenlit, and I probably never felt like it was 100% secure, but when we came out with the Madden 15 intro, uh, you you know put the disc in and then you're dropped into this fictional rematch, Carolina Panthers against the Seahawks, who had just come off the Super Bowl, and you were down on the field, like NFL film style, hearing like the players talk and being put in this scenario, not just drop into a game, but you were put into a situation um, we got so much positive feedback on that that I think that gave internally um, the executives a lot of faith that NFL fans wanted story. And 
that our team had the talent to do it. Now that was only a five to ten minute thing, um, but we needed something directionally because when we started long shot, NBA really wasn't doing their story mode. The journey hadn't been conceived of yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're really, even though long shot seems semi risky now because it took on a different kind of format at the time, sports games weren't invested investing big in story so um it was kind of fighting on two fronts like yes our fans will accept this and want this and then it's worth this huge investment compared to doing a different feature and somewhere along the way you managed to get a whole bunch of a-list actors on board obviously Longshot has mahershala ali uh, scott porter from friday night lights uh, jr lemon so what was the process of of working with this with these big name actors like and you know and basically you know basically directing a movie just kind of on a video game set i mean that part was a dream and what was cool is i would probably advise this of everyone if like you spend your whole life dreaming of something like directing is a lot of pressure and kind of everyone's looking to you to answer questions and but i really was able to enjoy it and, and really go oh my god I'm showing up at set today, and this is before Mahershal won the Academy Award, but he was, also, he was already House of Cards guy and Hunger Games. and So I was like, every day I would really take a step back and go, this is amazing. I get to go do this today, and even though I'm you know, probably scared, like I have to go do it, and I'm going to go out there and do it and enjoy it. But working with those guys is unbelievable because you develop these characters and they start off as like an idea, then you have a script. But early on, I met Scott Porter. He's a huge gamer. Mm-hmm. And she went to high school with the guy, Ben Hallmiller, that works here, who was a producer on Longshot. And I got to meet him at an E3 and we talked. And I pitched him Longshot probably a half a year in. Mm-hmm. And he loved it. And we started talking about the Colt character and. So Colt was written specifically for Scott Porter. Um, so that was really cool to over about a year and a half to do these test scenes with him and share some of the script with him. And, you know, on set, he's, he's very collaborative. He's a very creative guy. And I think, you know, it was fun because sometimes he'd be worried about his own character. Like, wow, why is Colt talking about himself in the first person? And, um, um, really? He's saying this and, um, but it's that you get that trust where you're, it's back and forth, you're creating together and he has to trust that I'll ultimately I'll use his best takes and I'll, you know, shape the character and an editorial to be somebody that characters love. I mean, the fans love and, um, but yeah, Mahershala really cool story about how we got him is, um, because I'd never gone through this and I'd, I didn't really have my own writing community. I had my co-writer, Adrian Todd Zuniga, but we sought out feedback. Um, and not just from people in, inside that were Madden developers, but we wanted to, we went to Hollywood and we found another guy that was a big college football fan. Uh, he bought Madden's, uh, Ross and Thurber, who was, while helping us, was doing uh, central intelligence with The Rock. He read the script, gave us some notes, but... He's like, he kind of fell in love with our early materials, thought our execution was really strong when we showed him our first scenes. And he's like, is there anything else I can help you with? And um, 
I basically had been trying to cast the dad role for a long time and I wasn't finding anyone. And I said, I'd love if somebody could reach out to somebody pretty big and just kind of putting, put in a good word for us. Um, and he was very encouraging and we brainstormed and Mahershala, he was the lone person we came up with that we thought would be great. And, um, they shared an agent. They went out to lunch. He sold us on him and he agreed to do it. Um, him and his cousin were big Madden gamers when he was a child. And that was, he just had such gravity for us. That character had to be, um, it has very few scenes, but you had to know what that relationship that Devin lost was like. And you had to instantly accept that person as this amazing father. And so he only had a few scenes to do it. And, um, I think if we had gone with a lesser actor, a uh, long shot could have fallen apart emotionally. Yeah, he, he definitely definitely adds a ton of, of weight to the story as, as kind of the emotional center. Uh, of course, you also uh, have J.R. Lemon, who himself is a former football player. So was that a similar process of kind of writing Devin uh, around J.R. Uh, and kind of finding the, the parallels between the two? Yeah, that was what was that was awesome. So J.R. Lemon, when he left college football, he he got signed as a free agent with the Oakland Raiders. And he didn't make it all the way through training camp. He made it to the last cut. Um, but after that, he, he quickly turned to acting, but he was doing stunt work. And he did mocap for the Madden game, like uh, in pads and hitting and, um, you know, to juke moves. And that was him. And when I told you about kind of the year of I needed stuff along the way to keep the project alive, I wrote a mini teaser which was a character uh, outside Lucas Oil Stadium hotel room looking at his tryout gear kind of with dread and walking to that window with the, the rain beating against the glass kind of and then him reflecting on why he's kind of scared to maybe do this again. And we are going up to do regular mocap for the presentation of Madden and I asked uh, the stunt coordinator, if there was anybody who had any acting experience and J.R. Lemon was that guy. And I sent him the script and we spent about a week together talking about this role and he kind of won me over. He was kind of just going to do the test scene so we could have this trailer test some technology like the facial mocap. And um, we shot it like a film and he did so great. And then him and I would have dinners together talking about the script and a lot of J.R. Lemon went back into the story. Um, I'd say the most significant thing is when he t he asked me a really key question, and this was early on in the script, probably like first or second draft. He's like, where did Devin go? And it was a tough question. But what he told me is when he lost football, so when he got cut, he wasn't ready to give up on his dreams, but it wasn't his choice. He was just you know, you're not good enough for the NFL, it's over. But because he had had this huge college career at Stanford and he played a little bit in the NFL, everybody was interested in talking to him about it. But for him, it was still painful and raw. So he really wanted to escape. And he didn't really want people to know that he had this big football career, this dream that even though everybody else thought it looked great, to him it was painful. So that was a really inspiring kind of couple of days with JR. 
Um, and I just decided to go with him. I thought he, he felt like Devin to me. Like, I don't know if I knew who Devin was until I started working with JR. Um, but then we did one more thing. We brought both guys up, Scott and JR, and we filmed six kind of, I guess what I call tent pole scenes. So what's their chemistry like? Um, in a dramatic scene. So we did the truck argument that's in the middle of the story. Um, we did the long shot, uh, song where Colt writes, uh, the song for Devin. Oh, that's one of my favorite parts. Oh, thanks. (laughs) What was cool about that scene is everyone was nervous about it and Scott didn't really even want to do it. Um, and I, I talked him into it and walked him through what it would be like, but, um, he's a great singer, but that's the scene's so emotional, and it's unlike what you'd expect to find in a sports video game, like this kind of a story of friendship. And uh, that that scene is probably what got Longshot greenlit, but it made a lot of people nervous too because it was so different. But I think when people saw that, we were showing it around just in mocap suits. So imagine them in the skin tight suits and paint all over their face and weird cameras. But because people were having emotional reactions to it at that level, people were like, yeah, these guys wrote a pretty good script and these actors are awesome. And so that was kind of midway through got us that filming those six scenes really helped. It proved that they had chemistry. And again, I got to spend a whole week with those guys. So I would listen to their conversations and, utilize that in in our next draft like what's their real relationship like and how can that pour back into their character Uh, so there's a scene where they get an argument about um, a sports talk radio Mm -hmm. show and that was written I I spent time with them at dinner and I I don't even know if I said a word because they were really in this big fight about Richard Sherman versus Skip Bayless and because J.R played at Stanford and been an athlete at a very high level. He kind of took the stance of Richard Sherman's right. And then Scott, who's just a big fan, was like entertained by it, you know? Yeah. Um, but just hearing their perspectives, um, they just felt like lifelong friends and um, kind of went back and rewrote that whole scene uh, to add conflict and, you know, give up exposition through a kind of interesting side story of this high uh you know, high school kid being ridiculed on sports talk radio. But, uh, yeah, that's the best part about being a director is the work. If the words aren't precious to you, you can collaborate with super talented people and then they enjoy working with you and they put everything into it. Um, so I think Jared and Scott, we just had this great relationship that, um, I've, I haven't read many places where people didn't think their performances weren't wonderful and that they didn't feel like real friends and, um, that means a lot to me. Yeah, that chemistry, in my opinion, definitely came through in the final product. Uh, and as you mentioned, you know, Longshot is is very different from what you'd play uh, in in a Madden game, and it does have a lot more in common with kind of a more traditional AAA video game. So, what are some of the games that were inspiring you as you were making Longshot? Ultimately, I was looking at stories that. Um, were emotional to me and resonated with me. And uh, Last of Us was probably one of the first stories that I felt has movie quality writing and acting and subtlety. And so I'm a father of two daughters and 
I like the, I guess, zombie storyline and the survival-esque gameplay, but really what brought me in was the early scenes with um, the main character and his daughter, like the really simple stuff, like tired father coming home, kid waiting up just to talk to him. Um, I felt that that hooked me. Um, so I thought, why can't a sports game aim for that level of quality in writing and acting and storytelling? Mm-hmm. But um, big inspiration from like the Telltale games, um, in particular the Walking Dead series. Um, one and two were really inspiring to me. Um, the ending of Walking Dead season two, I was gutted by a choice I made for weeks. Yeah, and I thought, wow, that's that's better than a movie. That's how gaming can be better than a movie emotionally because they made me care about this character and these relationships. And then they made me choose the relationships, but all the choices felt motivated by the previous setup. So I felt like while they did such a great job with that, that I didn't feel like it was out of character for Clem to do any of these choices. And they all sucked. They were all going to be hard. Mm -hmm. Um, and so when I looked at a lot of sports games, choices were usually very cliche, kind of like sports games interviews. You know, it's like be the great team guy and say nothing or, you know, step out of line and like talk about yourself. You know, so it was always like be a jerk, be a nice guy or be neutral. And I didn't feel I don't think those are real choices. Those are just, I think, ways to express personality. So we really tried to make the decisions in long shot uh, feel like both decisions are very hard. Um, and usually they were about pitting um, Devin and Colt's careers at, at odds. So you, if you, if we did a good job and made you love Colt and you feel like he's super loyal to you, well then how can you choose your own career and leave him on the sidelines? Yeah. Cause he, and he needs your help cause he's not as talented. So, uh, those were the two biggest inspirations, but you know, you look at the naughty dog stuff in general, and I like that they give you a lot of gameplay variety. There might be a mechanic they invent for a single scene that you'll never use again. And what I find in sports games that were long is that you'd end up feeling re- very repetitive, or even like a Fallout, like I love Fallout Four, but eventually you kind of feel like you're just doing the same thing over and over again, like. You know, go rescue village, build up some stuff, go get the next mission that's essentially the same thing. Um, so I did want to, with the gameplay, make it varied so you couldn't almost predict even what's next. It made it feel more like a movie. So we even invested a lot of our time in technology so it, there was no load times. So you were just in it like a movie. And, you know, it didn't take this format of game, practice, story scene, game, practice, story scene. Uh, we kind of made our own rules. Awesome. Uh, it's funny you mentioned kind of the choices and Cole and Devin being at odds because that's exactly what I did. I grew so attached to Cole that I kind of made every choice in his favor to to Devin's detriment a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think that that speaks to kind of, you know, Longshot's ability to get people emotionally engaged. I think that's really awesome. And, uh, you know, speaking of, you know, Longshot already has resonated with so many people. Um, A lot of people are loving it. A lot of people that typically don't play Madden are loving it. And without giving too much away, it's having finished it, it seems like the door is open uh, for more stories like that. So 
is it safe to assume we'll be seeing more stuff like Longshot in future Madden games? Nothing's ever safe to assume. Um, <laughs> I mean, we did, I'd say we went into launch needing people to like it. And I think that's happening. Um, I think the Devin and Colt, Devin and Colt in particular, maybe even a Jack Ford have really resonated with people. And I think there's more story to tell there. Um, like story that, I mean, quite honestly, my co-writer and I had to start a second season as though it would happen. Um, we're not, you know, done with that script, but I feel like there's really interesting storylines for um, Devin and Colt that would get me really excited about making a, another long shot. I think story absolutely will be a big part of Madden. Um, like we talked about earlier, some people wanted to create yourself. I think both are super valid in a sports game. Um, I think long shot is more about empathy and emotion and like living through a character that you can never really be. And I think creating yourself is this kind of fantasy of, you know, day in the life kind of thing, more like a TV show is a day in a life where a movie is like a once in a lifetime event. Mm -hmm. I kind of see that's how long shot is. Uh, but I, I think story is like the big frontier for gaming. As you see, like there's a lot of people who thought Madden was an amazing football simulation. Uh, we've got esports. It's a, it's got you know amazing broadcast, you know presentation. But I think story brings more people in um, than just the kind of nuts and bolts of a simulation. Um, so I think. Story takes a lot of different forms, whether, you know, story could be how do we celebrate these amazing esports people and bring their stories to the forefront to more people. Um, but this traditional narrative, I think absolutely long shot and what FIFA did with the journey and what we're seeing with 2K, it's not going to go away. And I think we'll just keep getting better and better. And I think people's expectations are going to, I hope in some ways we raise the bar for like cinema cinematography and writing and storytelling and ours but i think the fans are going to expect more and more and more more content and at a higher quality great and i i am certainly looking forward to seeing where madden goes uh, in terms of telling new stories now i want to rewind a little bit you know obviously today you are a creative director at ea sports you know you're creating long shot and, and all these different experiences but uh, I want to talk about kind of the beginning of your career in games. When did you decide that you wanted to work on games for a living? Yeah, so go way back to 1996 or 97. I was a huge gamer. I would play, you know, play my friends for like pizza money and stuff <laughs> like that, playing like NHL leagues. and But I would, I would play all types of games. And I remember... I was in art school and it was, I, I got lucky to be in college right when kind of home computing became affordable. I got my first email address when I was at Mizzou. All of a sudden, like computing, I think at that time I was thinking, man, I'm in art school. I'm going to have to sell oil paintings or become a photographer and I'm going to be poor my entire life. And, but all of a sudden, like digital media, you know, you got Photoshop at home, you got 3D software at home, and 
So I poured myself into, I think I got a PlayStation 1, Resident Evil, and it changed my life. It was 3D, and I'm like, I'm going to become a 3D artist. And there were no programs at the time. You know, people nowadays have these amazing game development tracks and universities and even grade schools for that matter. But at the time, it was almost like a self-made medium, but I was like obsessed. I was like, this is exactly what I want to do. I want to make, I, I started off as an artist, but I just wanted to make games, but I was an artist. So that was kind of the talent that um, was the most reasonable to get my foot in the door. But uh, I think I left Mizzou in 97 because Mizzou just didn't have enough pro like classes that I could cobble together to feel like I would be attracted to video game companies. But I started learning on my own and reading books and uh, moved to Chicago. And actually on one flight, I was reading a game design book um, on the plane. And I sat next to this guy and he starts talking to me and he happened to work at Midway in Chicago. And I guess we hit it off and he connected me with this company called New Effects that was out in Schaumburg, Illinois. And um, he got me my first interview and uh, I went out there. I had to do like a 3D modeling test at home and I didn't have any 3D software. So I put a 3D Studio Max on a credit card for $1,500, which I did not have. <laughs> And uh, over the weekend, I learned the program. They wanted me to model a car with, you know, like a certain amount of polygons and texture budget. So I built a Volkswagen Beetle, brought it back, and they hired me. And I come to find out I was going to work on NBA Street for EA Sports. Um, and I was going to model courts and light courts and texture courts. And it was a huge breakthrough for me. And uh, I love that game series. And uh, I did really well my first year, and I got recruited up to go work at EA Canada. And uh, what was cool about the street team is I was an artist, but the team was so small because it was a longer, you know, 18-month game. So I got to spend time with the designers and the producers, and it was very collaborative. So um, I, over time, went from an artist to a lead artist to an art director to a creative director, but I'd always loved the design side and I loved writing and I, I was kind of just an all-around creative guy but you have to slowly I had to basically slowly go through that career of well why is this art guy in this design meeting and uh, I just had to prove myself over years that I had valuable ideas and I was always trying to learn you know and learn from other people read nowadays you can learn so much on YouTube but it was a long career so for me to go from having a dream I got that job in 1999 at NewFX, and I had big ambitions, like kind of long shot style ambitions. But I think one thing that I loved is I was able to keep my career fresh by, you know, changing job titles and roles while working on the same. I worked on NBA Street for seven years. I worked on Madden. This is my 11th Madden. But I kept changing what I did, and so that kept me very energized about the product. And it, did, it didn't seem repetitive. You know, I wasn't making, you know, a stadium for the 11th time. You know, I wasn't right. updating, you know, the facade of the Jacksonville Stadium, you know, over and over and over again. I was just constantly shifting my dreams and goals. And, um, yeah, and now here I am several years later, I guess 17-ish years later, and 
I finally got to do what I, you know, thought I could do, which I definitely could not do in 1999. But right. that was my dream is to almost create a new franchise. And I think one thing that's some people have written is long shot feels like its own game. And it really was, it was the amount of people on our credits alone is well over a hundred. That's the size of like an NHL or an NBA or, you know, uh, a lot of those smaller indie games, like a Telltale game. It felt like it was its own portal. It was a fully fleshed out story, fully fleshed out characters, you know, 40 plus characters, 40 plus sets, its own gameplay mechanics. Uh, it was, you know, but it took a lot of time, you know, a, a long time in my career and enjoying all the steps, you know, mm-hmm. when I was just painting like NBA, uh, like Michael Jordan's textures and NBA Street One, you know. It took a lot of like enjoying each step and thinking that like whatever I was contributing to the games was uber important. And so I, nowadays I feel like everyone's in a big rush to get to the end. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like people don't enjoy the process of like learning and going through like, yeah, this is my role on the team. It's super exciting and we're making something great. Kind of everyone wants to rush right to the end, but um, I'm glad I took this approach. It seems like it worked out. It sounds like you've had an awesome career, um, gotten to work on a lot of exciting projects. Uh, now, just knowing knowing you worked on NBA Street makes me wish that you know we had a new NBA Street, maybe with a long shot style story mode, maybe one day. Uh, yeah, I hope that too. And um, it's kind of cool you're seeing the the two primary NBA games add the street ball elements, mm-hmm. uh, which makes me want NBA Street even more. But I, I have always had a storyline in the works hoping for the chance to bring it back but um i think fans of the old franchise would really dig it um it takes one of the main characters and really explores their life and i think it'd be really cool um but yeah that's a little bit of a dream of mine because i i love that team and i love the game so much and for it to go away for so long i i hope there's an opportunity it comes back yeah, I certainly hope so too. Definitely, definitely one of my favorite sports franchises. And you know, somewhere along the way during your career uh, working at EA, you took up photography. Um, you did a lot of a uh, lot of game photography um, at NFL events. So, what inspired you to do that, and and how did that kind of influence your work as a creative director? Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I probably got into photography during NBA Street Home Court. So I was the art director of that project and the technical director buddy of mine was really into photography and um, there's two things like once you get into a career that you're very passionate about, you start to lose your own identity as like an artist. And so I thought, you know, it's going to be hard to you know, work as hard as I do on something I really care about at work. But then when do I create my own stuff? So photography felt like a way to, you know, you didn't need this oil painting studio or, so I really got into photography on the street ball. Like we would go around, um, spend like a few days at each court, you know, we, we went down to Venice beach. We, I'd come up with processes to like catalog every inch of that place and using Google earth and using photography so we could recreate it, um, almost to spec and have like the world's best textures and but we'd also study like 
the ebbs and flows of the courts, who played there. We did interviews. We did like videos of like, you know, players' bodies and how the sweat reacted and how the lighting worked at each place. And we wanted each place to have its own story and vibe. But that's really when I got into photography. And then when I got to the NFL gig, we'd have some boring photography assignments like, hey, this stadium has just upgraded its scoreboard and we got to go out there and, you know, get that stuff. So I'd be on these trips, but I'd say ultimately it was another thing where I was semi bored and I really wanted a new challenge. So I told myself, you know, I grew up collecting sports cards and I would cut out, you know, my favorite athletes and have them all over my wall and I would draw pictures of them and stuff like that. So my goal was within five years, get paid to sell, pro sports images and so i went about it slowly i found a mentor i found a guy in dc that had shot he shoots for the wizards he shoots for the ravens shoots for the redskins stuff like that and i would buy his old gear and he was like kind of an amateur video game artist so you know I'd, we kind of helped each other out i'd give him some advice and but basically, I bought his old gear, and I got into some games, and I started to build a portfolio, and I would shoot, like, local crappy stuff, you know, like, I don't know, 10-year-old kids lacrosse. And just to get all the bad photographs and learn it technically and, you know, get good at it and learn how to, like, have three cameras on you at once and switching lenses mid-play and knowing when to like swap out memory cards and batteries so you didn't lose like Matt Ryan jumping over, you know, the goal line and flipping and you blew it because you weren't paying attention to your memory card situation, stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, I think three years in, I had posted some photos, um, of Troy Palomalu and, uh, AP images contacted me and said, if, They'd like me to be a freelancer in the Florida area, and I started shooting games for seven years, and I sold a few, which is really cool to think about, like, some sports card, just because I was such a geek growing up, like, collecting cards, so to think that a photograph of mine made it into, like, a Fox broadcast or a Panini card or um, – probably the highlight, though, is I did a portrait of Troy Palomalu, and uh, his memorabilia people wanted to buy it. And so they purchased it from me and, um, they flew me out to do a one of 43, his numbers, jersey numbers 43, um, exclusive prints. And they had both of us there to sign them. So it was the first time I ever was asked to sign autographs. And, uh, mine was tiny and small in the corner as it should <laughs> be. And Roy Palomales was giant and front and center. But, you know, he was one of my favorite, favorite athletes. And so, I felt like I had accomplished that. And I'd say the long shot thing was similar in that I got to a point where I didn't feel challenged enough at work. And I was like, I want to write a movie. And I set out with a goal of whether it, that movie will play out in my career or I'm just going to write a script that maybe never gets bought or even looked at. But that was my goal is I want to write a movie and, um, so I want, it was a similar path of deciding I wanted to do it. And then, uh, the first step I did was I actually went to this, uh, uh, there's a book story by Robert McKee and a bunch of people told me like, oh, his conferences are amazing. And, 
Um, it was just this deep dive masterclass, week long, eight hours a day with like only one like 15 minute break. It was pretty intense. But because I had such a passion to do it, it wasn't like back in high school where you're like bored to death. You were like, I was so engrossed and it really taught you how to like look at films and analyze them. And in fact, you had to watch 30 movies before the class even started because you were going to be breaking down, you know, scenes from all of them. So you had to like watch them, know them. But that was, uh, I actually found my badge, uh, the other day and it was exactly five years before Longshot came out. I was actually there August 25th, five years ago at that conference with the dream of writing a movie script. Um, so awesome. And you certainly made it happen with Longshot and, to piggyback off that, you know, you've, you've accomplished so much working on, you know, so many different parts of, of different games over the years and also taking out photography. So what do you see as kind of your, your next big challenge, next big adventure? Uh, that's a good question. Um, what's cool is I don't feel bored by this adventure yet. Like I think long shots, just the beginning. And I, I think I've found actually exactly what I love to do, which is, um, you know, creating these stories. I love the writing part. It's such a blank space um, where you can create story, and it's such a giant design problem trying to make a story work. Um, and then the directing and the the interaction with the actors. Um, I think this is. I finally found exactly what I want to do. I just want to do more of it, um, whether it's like long shot or another game or maybe a movie who knows but the storytelling and trying to you know make these believable characters and um it's addictive to have people actually connect with it because even if they didn't the process was so amazing and the work and um i think getting anything like this made is like a miracle yeah and uh, you look at all these amazing actors who've been in bad movies <laughs> they probably didn't think they were going to be bad while they were doing them there was something about them they probably liked. Right. You know, probably like the script is great, but the number of people have to have to come together to make something awesome. Like with Longshot, it's the artist, the technology, the acting, the musical score. By the way, Jeff Russo, who did our musical score, just won his first Emmy last week for oh, that's awesome. season three. So I think we're good luck. We got Mahershala, the Academy Award, and Jeff Russo, the Emmy. <laughs> it's all thanks to Longshot. Yeah, I think they did it on their own, but <laughs> um, it's kind of cool. It's awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, this, I think I, I found what I'd like to do, and hopefully I'm privileged that people, enough people like it to where I get a shot to do something similar. Um, but I look at games like, um, uh, what's a game that's coming out that's like Prison Break? Um, oh, uh, if that it, it debuted at E3, um, A Way Out? Yeah, way out. Like, yeah. I kind of looked at that guy and I'm like, that's who I want to be, you know? Yeah. That, that level of, you know, kind of budget, that type of freedom in storytelling. Um, that looked very appealing to me. So, something like that. Awesome. And for my last question, Mike, as someone who has accomplished so much uh, with the games that they've worked on, uh, what advice would you give to people? Uh, looking to get into the games industry or kind of, you know, just looking to do anything creative as a, you know, as a writer or, you know, potentially someone who wants to make movies or, or anything like that. Big advice is what something like writing is to actually write. 
says a lot of people have a great story idea. Some people have too many story ideas and they don't really focus on one. Um, one thing that really helps people say you're like, this is your dream, but you have to have a real job in the meantime. Mm-hmm. Um, quote unquote real job, you know, like, <laughs> like you have passion for this, but you feel like I got to do that to make the money. Exactly. Which I had to do. I had an IT job a year out of college, year and a half, looking for the first job that like was my inspiration, not just a job. Was uh, finding a friend that has a similar drive and passion because then you can push each other. You know, like uh, there's a guy who was an engineer here on Longshot who was very inspiring to me because he was getting up at 6 a.m. every day and he had a word count he wanted to get to a thousand words a day or I think it was bigger than that, but every day he'd come in, he's writing his novel and you know, he's also an engineer with a J job at a video game company. And I, one thing that always did help me is that a partner who's reliable because there's days where it's hard or it's easy to say like, well, I thought about the story today. Well, you didn't write on it. So you didn't actually really do anything. Um, so I think it's, you know, finding friends that are have similar drives, similar passion. They can you guys can push each other. You guys can connect each other with other people. Um, what I didn't have really was the ability to publish my own games. Like, you can go write your own mobile game. You could find one or two people and create that. Uh, you can put stuff out on YouTube. You don't need permission now. Um, I think there's so many different outlets, but I would just do the work and don't get discouraged. Like early stuff sucks really bad. But I, I, one of the things that was very personal to me about Longshot is Devin Wade has this amazing talent that he left on the table because he got scared and he potentially is going to turn down this new opportunity because he's afraid to find out that maybe he was never good enough or I'm afraid to face my past. And I had done that multiple times and I find I meet people that are interviewing with me is just out of college and they don't bring their demo reel. Um, they don't want to show their work because they know it sucks. Well, if you don't show it, you're not getting the job. (laughs) (laughs) You got to trust that people in my position will have seen a million demo reels and we'll look for the sparks. Like if you're not doing a lot of work and like, iterating you're not getting better if you're afraid to show anybody anything no one's going to notice you and get you jobs um so put yourself out there if it's not going well reinvent yourself but i talked to this one guy he was awesome awesome kid he was writing five scripts at once and he and he stopped them all five pages in you can't do five things well like just do one script you know like focus make progress, put yourself out there. There's so much, and then try to learn, you know, like and set goals. You got to set goals. I think they keep you motivated. Um, but dealing with like, Oh my God, I already have a kid and I have to pay the bills. It's really a tough road, but Mm -hmm. do it now. You're going to wake up 10 years from now and kind of regret it. So, you know, stay up from maybe you're a late night person instead of playing, you know, the latest battlefront game till 12 to one mm-hmm. try to write something or you know make um maybe your thing is games and 
instead of just playing the game, stream a Twitch stream and work on your voice and try to get an audience. And, you know, there's a lot of different things to do, but I think it's people that are motivated. You can outwork almost anyone because it's when things get hard and life gets in the way, I think people give up pretty easily. Yeah. And I found that um, support structure, you know, girlfriend that supports you and your dreams is always important too. Mom and dad supporting you. You just got to find the one person that supports you, I think. That is all great advice. Super, super inspiring stuff uh, for anyone looking to be you know, creative in any field, I think. Uh, so, Mike, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. This has been an awesome chat. Uh, obviously, Madden NFL 18 is out right now. All you guys listening at home can pick it up. You could play a long shot, uh, experience the story. You definitely should. It's great. And uh, for anyone that wants to keep up with what you're doing, where can people follow you? Uh, I am Michael Young CD on Twitter. Um, I'm MY Sports Photog on Instagram. Awesome. There you go, guys. Definitely keep up with Mike. Uh, I'm super excited to see what you do next uh, with Longshot and with Madden and everything you're working on right now. To you guys listening at home, as always, this has been People Playing Games. You can find us on any podcast service out there. You can follow us on Twitter at PPG Podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Mike Andronico. And remember, keep on playing.